Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport, where England got their two-month tour of the West Indies underway here in Barbados. I'm John Norman and today we will have a full look back at day one of England's two-day warm-up with the West Indies President's Eleven, where the captain took centre stage. This might take Joe Root to 50. Yep, it sure does. Blazing hot sun overhead with a gentle breeze and the sounds from the Caribbean Sea in the background and a few chickens along the way as well. But England didn't have it all their own way. Only Ben Stokes joined Root in and amongst the runs and opening bat Rory Burns admitted he found it tough going. Uh, it's only what our third day in preparation for this test series so um, yeah it was tough out there at certain points uh, particularly quite difficult early on when it was still a little bit tacky but uh, yeah good day more from Burns later in the show and I'm also joined by Andrew McKenna and Barry Wilkinson after the West Indies announced a return of one of their biggest stars to their test squad all this and Sam Ellard has been out and about annoying some of the travelling England fans who were here in good number today Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of the Caribbean. You're listening to Following On. Well, here we are, Andrew McKenna. Uh, Play has uh, only just uh, come to a conclusion. 90 overs bowled, uh, just about, uh, on day one of the warm-up game between England and the President's eleven. England finishing at 317 for 10, but with two not-out batsmen at the crease. Chris Wokes and Keaton Jennings, who we already saw batting at the start of the day. He was the first wicket to fall. Um, A bit of a uh, here-or-there kind of day, I suppose. Joe Root top-scoring with 87. Uh, Ben Stokes at 56. But in and amongst that, some poor shot selection 
it looked a little bit uh, of a troublesome pitch early doors. Uh, and at the end of the day, I'm not sure we know a great deal more than we did at the start, but the England players got a bit of a, a bit of a warm up and a bit of a run out. Yeah, Joe Root looked a class apart, which you can probably argue that at times he is. So uh, did we learn anything new there? Probably not, but he did look good. I mean, a runner ball 87. There was a nailed on 100 there if he was being more patient or whatever. But he was trying to inject something into it. He was frustrated, but don't be too frustrated with it, Joe. It, it was a great, great knock. Do you know what? That almost was 100. In fact, in my mind, it was 100. Do you know why? Some of those shots at the MCG would have raced away for four. At some of the biggest grounds in world cricket, four runs all the way. The, the moment the ball left the bat on, I'd say four or five occasions, four was the call from inside this press box. And yet... It's a very slow outfield. The ball was chased down. Um, 87 to his name, but I think there's a there's a 100 in there. He looked uh, in tip-top form. In and amongst that, Stokes struggled slightly against the spin, but as the pace came onto the bat and he started to find a little bit of rhythm, again, went like when Root was out, actually a bit of a surprise when he was dismissed. Yeah, it, I mean, early on, um, the off-spinner gave him a lot of problems. There was turn and bounce. I mean... We've heard this for a while. The pitches aren't the quick, fast, bouncy ones. You know, they turn a lot more. Well, I mean, we, we've seen that today. There was very little in it for the pacement. But actually, there was a decent turn and a bit of bounce as well for the spinner. So <laughs> all, all of these sort of comments about, well, actually, it's, it, that's how it's going to be. Well, we've seen that with our own eyes today. Whether the test match pitches are like that. Stokes started to find his range and actually looked a bit more more languid with his shots that they look more of a flow of the bat and, it, and he looked happier with it I guess the concern will be Keaton Jennings he makes scores in the subcontinent but at the moment you know we ha- we know he struggled a little bit in England it, this isn't that far off English conditions uh, and he was the one who got a second go which it's, it's not the great it, it, it's not the sort of image you want to portray is it your number one opening batsman the most experienced of the two of the partnership and he's the one coming in for the second go because you, you've lost nine, ten wickets on the day. Well, it's very difficult to wipe the smile off at Keaton's face. He's a good guy, isn't he? He fronts up, but he wouldn't have been happy if a chance that he gave in second innings, if not for a miscommunication between bowler and fielder at long off, or more like mid-off, the ball plopping between the two of them, he should have been should have been dismissed twice in the day. Where do you stand on this, actually? We knew at the start of the day England would bat all day, even if they were bowled out three times. Uh, 12 against 12, you know... It, well, is that going to assist England? Does it detract um, from the spectacle? Does it hinder England? What is your positioning? Does it assist England? Yes, I think it does because it means over these two games they can involve far more people. Um, if it's 11 aside, played proper first-class rules as a four-day game, you've got 11 players and a 12th man who can do a, a bit, but not as much. So I can see it from the, their point of view from a spectacle watching and from the, the, I was about to say the paying public, but it was free to get in for the people who came and watched it, it's, it's a bit strange. I mean, even the scoreboard operators here didn't quite follow what happened because when the 10th wicket went down, uh, they put the England innings as being concluded up. So you, you kind of have to explain to people what's going on because it is slightly incongruous. I mean, we were told that we were given the, the 11, that the President's 11 were playing, and first change was the player who had been admitted. So I was like, well, hang on, what's going on here? So I think there has to be a bit more communication. I understand it from their point of view. They've got four days of middle practice before a test match. So I can understand why they want to get everyone up to speed. The last thing you want is an injury 
three or four days before the test match and having to bring in someone who hasn't played cricket potentially since the back end of Sri Lanka or maybe even further, depending who it is and what the situation is. Um, so it, it's a bit political, but I, I kind of see where the teams are coming from on it. I tell you what, there was a funny moment, wasn't there, at five o'clock? Because we weren't sure, and this is always the way in cricket. You know, you've got Shilberry in, from the Daily Telegraph in the press box with us. Very often I'm in a press box with people who've played 100 tests for England, people who've, journalists who've watched 400 tests all around the world. And when it comes down to it, we just do not know the rules. You know, how many overs are going to be added on? How much time is going to be subtracted? Um, how long can we play for? All these variables, which in any other sport you'd absolutely understand. And again, the question was, are they really going to bowl nine? overs today are they really going to bat past night five o'clock come five o'clock and the players start walking off the field early we hadn't we lost 17 overs uh, we started writing in the end of day scores putting the score and then oh no it's just another drinks break so back we went for another half an hour anyway that's cricket for you uh, you spoke about Keaton Jennings but it wasn't Jennings who spoke today it was Rory Burns let's have a little listen to what he had to say Rory uh, a day where England have lost 10 wickets, but 300 runs on the board. What's the analysis of that? Uh, yeah, decent day's cricket, to be honest. A good, good hit out for, for us uh, out here. Uh, it's only, what, our third day in preparation for this test series. So, um, yeah, it was tough out there at certain points, uh, particularly quite difficult early on when it was still a little bit tacky. But, uh, yeah, good day. Did it play pretty much as it had yesterday in practice? First half an hour, then a bit tacky, lively, and then as it dried out, got a bit easier? Uh, yeah, a little bit similar to practice was yesterday. Uh, like you say, a little bit tacky early on, probably lasted a little bit longer than, than I actually thought it would. Uh, and then, yeah, it dried out throughout the day and, and got a little bit easier, I think. 35 for yourself, how did you feel? <laughs> not great, to be honest. Uh, I think it was pretty difficult to, to feel good with that sort of tackiness. It's not a sort of free-flowing cricket that gets played. It's quite... Uh, quite attritional at points and uh, you've got to really wait for someone to come into your area that you can actually pick them off um, so yeah not the best but uh, yeah one to build on Is that just something you need to spend just time in the middle that's one of those nothing to be too concerned about? Uh, yeah nothing to be too concerned about it's time in the middle it's adapting to conditions in front of you you now know that what you're going to be presented with and more likely it's going to be something that's tacky early in the morning and how do you counteract that and in your terms of your game plan what do you do and, and how do you go best about it? Can I ask you what it was like standing at the other end then when Joe Root comes in and just starts playing it to all parts, playing just ridiculous shots? <laughs> I mean, it, it must be a strange feeling. Uh, well, yeah, I thought we'd dovetail in there quite nicely. Um, you know, at, at points, that's a partnership, isn't it? It's, you know, someone gets away and sometimes you have to play second fiddle and, and dig in and do your bit. So, uh, yeah, it didn't really concern me too much, but he played very nicely. Do you almost have to tell yourself not to get drawn into what he's doing and just play? Because um, do you, know, you don't want to get drawn into playing the way he's playing. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, uh, sometimes you've got to be happy to play second fiddle. Someone's off and flying. Sometimes you've just got to sit back and do your thing and, and stay with him. That's uh, what a good partnership is. And, you know, you've got to knock up them to get big scores. So bowling day tomorrow, you've done your bit today up to the bowlers to, to have a good crack tomorrow then yeah dust my hands and it's over 10 now um, <laughs> no bowling day tomorrow should be another good day hopefully uh, like we say see if it's tacky again in that morning session see if we can uh, utilise that best we can and uh, take our catches and see where we get to just finally while you've been out in the middle today West Indies have named their squad Alzari Joseph has been named in that squad you've obviously got to look at him today if he plays in Barbados how much of a, an advantage is it to actually get a look at someone out in the middle um, well, yeah, for me, quite a big advantage because uh, I know I haven't played against a lot of these guys. I'm playing these conditions that much, so um, yeah, anyone I can actually get a good look at and 
probably get a little bit more confidence with going into that test series, uh, the better. So, um, yeah, good, nice to have a good look at him today. So Burns was third man out, 35 to his name. And again, it was just one of those innings, those frustrating innings for Burns, wasn't it? We just heard then he found batting very difficult. It looked difficult. Only Root really stepped above the conditions. This is, it's, it's difficult to underplay how important these warm-up games and these three test matches are for the immediate international career of Rory Burns. We think he can do it. He seems to have the ticker, seems to have the technique, but he gets out just when he looks set. Yeah, he needs a test match score just to settle himself down and actually stop any potential chatter. You know, a couple of 50s. That's nice. A couple of 50s aren't going to win test matches and they're not really going to keep you in the side for very long. So he's going to want to establish himself. I'll tell you the person who wouldn't have enjoyed today, though, very much, and that's Johnny Bairstow. He really did fiddle around for a while. There were a couple of wafts and he ended up getting dismissed for four. Um, I don't know, and I'm told the players don't know what the 11 will be for the second game. But let me tell you, Johnny Bairstow's going to be on, on Trevor Bayliss's hotel room door saying, by the way, if you're thinking of resting me for the second game, please don't, because I'm going to want to get out there and, and actually get some meaningful time in the middle. What are we looking for tomorrow when the bowlers get their go? Well, the first thing, of course, is uh, opening the innings for the uh, President's eleven is John Campbell, who has been named in the Test Match squad today. Now, he's not the physically the biggest of guys by any manner of means but by all accounts he goes along at a decent rate so it'd be very interesting to see how Stuart Broad, James Anderson, Chris Wokes because obviously it's good for him to have a look at them but it's also quite handy for them to have a look at him. Absolutely, we'll hear from him very, very shortly. But in and amongst that, and Barry Wilkinson will be joining me very shortly as well. Uh, big news from the West Indies camp. Darren Bravo, um, a relation of the great uh, uh, Brian Lara, back in the fold in terms of Test cricket. And suddenly the West Indies batting lineup just seems to just seems to have taken a little rise. It just looks a little bit more solid, doesn't it? Not too much four-day cricket form to really go back on. But anybody who's followed Darren Bravo's career knows a truly talented individual. Oh, he can play. And he would have been available had he played four-day cricket before he did recently. As soon as he played four-day cricket, he made himself available for the Test Match squad again. And they've picked him. There have been a lot of incriminate, uh, incriminations, recriminations, rows between himself and the board. Um, I, I'm led to believe that they're not exactly best friends but they may not be on each other's Christmas card list but actually sport isn't about that it's about getting players out in the middle and winning matches and they think he is their best chance he adds some experience some solidity because it looks a little bit callow in patches that, that West Indian squad we can pretty much get an 11 out of it if you're broad Anderson and indeed the England management if you are genuinely thinking that you are going to be the number one side in the world and they have set themselves that target I don't believe looking down that list of names from the, that West Indian squad I don't think England will be having sleepless nights it's now about actually going out and doing the job from England's point of view West Indies the locals actually here some of them think they've got a really good chance I'm not sure about that yet well, I know something about sleepless nights at the moment, that's for sure, with the jet lag still continuing into this. The fourth 
day of the tour. Uh, it could be the first day of a new international test career on the 23rd of January uh, for the West Indian. Um, John Campbell and Andrew McKenna caught up with him. Well, John, congratulations. Uh, you've been named in the, uh, the test match squad for the first test. Did you know that that was being announced today or was that a nice surprise when you came off the field at lunch? Uh, I got a message from the chairman selector a few days ago, so I, I knew... You managed to keep it quiet then. Who, who did you tell? I definitely. I, the first person I, I spoke to was my grandfather. I called him and told him. Must have been a very proud man. Very, very proud. Um, he, he was the one who was always pushing me from when I was a young boy. Must be excited. The Wisden Trophy Series against England, West Indies England Series, have some great history, both one way or the other. Must be looking forward to getting a chance to playing if selected. Definitely. I'm just looking to... Uh, put good performances together so I could uh, better the cha- team chances of winning. Well, I guess a good chance to get you into that team is to score some runs against England in this warm-up game. They've put over 300 on the board today. How did you feel things went from a bowling point of view today for the West Indies President's eleven? Uh, I think for the most part, um, we stuck to, our, to the task. Um, I think we gave away a little bit too much boundaries, but having said that, um, I think we did well in the field. It it was a pretty slow pitch, and I've got to say, the outfield was slow as well. You, you don't get much value for your shots here. You've got to really make sure you hit them to the boundary, don't you? Yes, uh, the outfield is, here is generally um, slow on the slow side, so we expected that. So tomorrow, people who've watched you bat before tell me, you put back to ball. So are you going to be taking the, the slowness of the outfield out of the equation by clearing it? Well, not, not necessarily. I'm just looking to come out here tomorrow and play, play on merit. Do you think that you, it, it, your selection never comes down to one innings, but if you were to do well tomorrow, do you think it gives you a better chance of playing in the first test? Definitely. Um, and, and also it would be, give me confidence too. So I'm definitely looking forward to come out here and doing my best tomorrow. I guess as well, any overs that you can face against Broad, Anderson and then the Test Match team, it gives you a chance to actually look at them in person. For sure. I'm looking to, I'm looking to spend some time in the middle tomorrow and see most of the guys. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to work in the channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined again by Barry Walkinson after uh, England took on the West Indies. There was some big news coming out of the West Indies camp, Barry. Uh, the squad announcement for the first test match for West Indies. A few surprises in there as well and a big name as well. Darren Bravo playing uh, possibly, we think, his first test match in over two years. A huge fill up for West Indies but behind the scenes there must have been some conversations taking place to allow him to get back into the side Yeah I mean definitely they were first of all it's really good to see him back I mean I think he's still perhaps one of the best batsmen in the Caribbean when you look at the squad he's the only batsman that averages 40 and, 40 and up which is quite telling I mean people have been saying it's a good it's a good team it's a good squad but the batsmen really have had individual brilliance but they have not really been consistent he was a consistent cricketer and at 30 years old to average 40 I think is, is not too bad in that team so yeah I don't think they'll pick him in the squad and not play him so I can think I can think you can safely say he'll be in the, that final 11 when I look at the rest of the squad John Campbell has been knocking on the door for eons this is like his seventh uh, first class season he's only aged 25 and I expect him to open with Craig Brathwit, uh, who has been struggling. But Campbell has been very positive. This season, he's been very consistent. And I think that's why he was able to, to finally break in uh, into that uh, final uh, 11, which I think he would make his debut. Um, a lot of surprises, not a lot of surprises in the rest of the team. Um, Gabriel and Roach, no doubt, will lead the attack. And Jamal Warrikan, his left arm spin has been good. So I think, all in all, a pretty predictable squad. Once Bravo was available, he had to play. I tell you what, Warrican is a player that Darren Goff's been keeping his eye on over the last year or so because the Lions uh, came out here at the start of last year and they lost heavily against the West Indies side and Warrican was one of the players that really knocked them over. So he's got success at Lions level against England. Um, assess his game uh, ahead of this first test if as expected he will be the frontline spinner uh, with backup from Rotten Chase he's been bowling better than Devendra Bishu one of the things about Jamal Warrican, he made his uh, debut when he played against Australia bowled really well in the series and got dropped didn't play again till uh, last season which I found uh, hilarious because he's been really really consistent at the first class level and the A team level I think he picked up uh, 14 wickets in a match um, against England and I, I, I think that it's the right decision Added to that, he's also a very useful lower-order batsman, uh, and I think his usefulness would have come into uh, contention in that last uh, series against Bangladesh when the West Indies struggled so badly with the bat. So you're talking about a player that uh, has some uh, ability. I wouldn't call him an all-rounder, but he's a good fielder. Uh, he's a good, definitely a good bowler, and he can bat a bit. So he's the best spinner right now. Perhaps Rakeem Cornwall might be challenging him for that position, but the other spinners have got issues. We, we all know that Solon Ryan doesn't want to play Test cricket per se he's got a bit of an issue um, to me Shane Schillingford is the best spinner in the Caribbean but there again another issue with his action he was uh, called the other day for, for, his, for his, his action so when you, you boil it down Warwickin is the best out of the lot 
Bishop has lost a lot of confidence and has not been delivering very well. So the team, the makeup of it, it does look, uh, we can quite confidently say, I think, for Brathwaite and Campbell to open. England will certainly see uh, avenues there with the inexperience of Campbell and Brathwaite, we know what he can do, but his form of late has been scratchy. Bravo back into the side at three with Hetmeyer at four. Um, Hope 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 of course, Shea Hope. We know so much about him. Shea Hope at four with Hetmeyer at five. Um, Roston Chase, the all-rounder, the off-spinner part-time at six. Much more comfortable in these conditions than in England for sure. So England shouldn't underestimate him, even though he had uh, relatively poor returns on, on the tour of England. Uh, Dowrich, the wicketkeeper, at seven. And the bowling attack, therefore, uh, that means Roach and Gabriel that we know so much about, Warwick and, uh, and then with Holder coming in at eight. And Holder's had a, a supreme 12 months or so. So there's a solidity about that West Indies side that maybe we didn't quite see a week or two ago, especially with Bravo, as you say, coming back into the fold. Yeah, on paper, it looks pretty good. Uh, you, you kind of back the all-round ability. Jason Holder's got two test centuries, one against his first against England to deny them victory in Antigua in 2015. So look, he's no rabbit with a bat. I think sometimes when you look at Jason Holder, he can actually bat better than he can bowl. So I have a lot of confidence in his batting ability. The thing about Jason Holder is that he's coming off of a very serious injury. Didn't play in the last series against Bangladesh when the West Indies had 100 days on the road so I'm just going to be a bit weary to see how he's going to readapt into test cricket didn't do too well in the first class match he had against Ghana um, still says he's not 100% in terms of his mental and physical fitness so it's going to be interesting to see how he handles himself how he paces himself and how much of a threat he will be with the ball Quick question before I let you go. We'll, we'll, catch, we'll touch base again uh, after day two of the warm-up. Why are there so many chickens walking around? <laughs> well, look... Um, I'm not complaining because when we were in Candy, there was, it was snakes. So we've got chickens here in Barbados. There's one just over there, over my right shoulder, just uh, scratching around. I'm surprised they haven't stopped play. I, I kind of feel like there's a, a farm that they've actually got loose or something but there are indeed a high amount of chickens I don't know where they've come from I've, I've never really seen chickens at this ground uh, so it's a bit of a surprise I'm, I have to do an investigation to see if uh, perhaps uh, the chicken is crossing the road or something well I tell you what uh, stay tuned come back tomorrow we'll find out the answer to that and all the other imponderables from what's going to be look there is a chicken crossing the road right now <laughs> just, what I said. just as you said it is crossing the road it waited for the car to pass and off it comes so there we go Barry Wilkinson he knows he's talking about he'll be back tomorrow uh, Sam Ellard a man who doesn't know what he's talking about has been out and about meeting up with uh, a couple of the England fans that made the uh, eight hour flight the journey from cold chilly England to warm sunny Barbados thank you very much Sean yeah here on the uh, on the boundary at the uh, three W's oval lovely lovely day and I've got two massive England fans with me Sean and uh, and Pete and guys Beautiful day. Is this your first time in the West Indies? No, I've been coming to the West Indies since 1988, following the cricket most of the time. Like so, no, it's one of many. Yeah. And what what's the best the best match the best tour you've you've seen here in the West Indies? When England beat the West Indies in Barbados, that yeah. was yeah, that was the one. And what about you? This is my first time here. Yeah. So uh, I'm a virgin, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> and what sort of stuff have you been you've been up to so far here in Barbados? Uh, when did we arrive? When we arrived Sunday, didn't we? So we just yeah. got here, just touring the island, mm-hmm. looking at whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
And you've been here many times, as you said. What yeah. What are the best things to, to do here in the West Indies? Why should England fans come here? Well, Friday nights, oysters. Traditionally, yeah. yes, you must get to oysters on a Friday night. Uh, certainly island tour, because there's plenty to see and plenty to do. And rum shops away from the the yeah. beach areas. Get inland, into rum shops with the locals. That's yeah. where you find the real Barbados. And how does coming here to the West Indies compare to going on other England tours? Um, I haven't been anywhere else with England as such. Like uh, watch them at home, of course, but uh, none of the other, other than Australia. That's the only other. Uh, I'm doing South Africa in the next England tour. Yeah. But um, no, nowhere else is yeah. present. And you, you confident England will, oh will win here in the West Indies this this winter? Yeah, this is the great. Even the locals we've been talking to aren't impressed with what they got. So. As England have developed over this last couple of years, yeah, it, yeah, I don't even see it lasting five days. Yeah, more time on the beach then, isn't it? More time on the beach in the bar. Yeah. Big thanks to Sam Ellard and the Barmy Army fans who meets on the way throughout this tour. But that's all we have for you today. Tomorrow's podcast will follow the fortunes of England's bowlers as they get their first run out against the same opposition here at the Three W's Oval. This has been following on to never miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.